In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Well, uh, this week, weirdly, my question is referencing um, another piece of content. Um, have you seen, Amy, the movie Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> you know what? I actually don't think I ever have, but I think I know enough about it culturally Mm-hmm. that I understand why you might ask about it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why don't you say what you know about Weekend at Bernie's from a cultural milieu? <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know, like, the reason behind, like, why what happens in Weekend at Bernie's happens in Weekend at Bernie's, but what I know of it is there is Uncle Bernie or something like that, and he is dead. He dies, and for some reason or another, now I don't know who's in the movie. Is it Joe Pesci? No. No, that's another movie. I'm thinking of another movie, but anyway. Are you um, thinking of my cousin Vinny? Yes, <laughs> but, uh, but I do know what, I do know what Weekend of Bernie says. Okay, I, I am thinking of my cousin Vinny. Okay, for whatever the reason is, I don't remember. I don't know, but they have to pretend that this dead guy is alive. So they kind of like prop him up and like bring him around places with like with sunglasses on. I think maybe, and yeah. they, I don't. But I, but I really don't know why. Like what, why? <laughs> I I don't know the why of that movie. Okay, um, so to get his inheritance or something. No, not exactly. So um, I weirdly, I had a similar feeling to you, which is like, I know Weekend at Bernie's from like the sight gag of having a guy who, of course, the actor is alive, but he- Oh my God, can you imagine? They're like, we're going to have a real dead guy. Um, and he's, and they put sunglasses on him, I guess, to hide the fact that his eyes are shut or whatever. Um, and they do various sight gags. He looks dead. Dead guy. Yeah. So that he looks alive. And (laughs) some, I mean, yes, of course, just by, just from that alone, we can tell this is cinema gold here, that this is going to be. I mean. Precisely what everyone wants. Um, but and and especially like it came out I was just looking this up now it came out in 1989 and so like both you and I would have been kind of just the right age to know this existed and 
And certainly like people my age, I know I have bunches of friends who watch this movie, you know, like on video, you know, like, so you go and get it and watch really? it as a family, I suppose, or whatever. Um, yeah. But I personally... I mean, I don't think I'd have been watching it at four, but... No, I personally had never seen this movie until like sometime in the pandemic, like pretty recently, <laughs> I was like... You know what I ought to do is watch Weekend at Bernie's. I've never (laughs) seen it. And it's making me kind of want to watch it now that we talk about it. And I have to say, like, I don't even think I got through the whole thing. Like, I think I fell asleep (laughs) during it. Oh, I thought you were going to say you turned it off. No, I mean, it was the kind of thing I fell asleep because I don't know if maybe this was when I was living in Portland. Uh, I can't remember, but it was sometime like where the pandemic was like a bit lifting, but we weren't really mm-hmm. out of it. And so it was, yeah. I have a feeling that it was one of the things I used to do quite a bit more often during pandemic times where like, I would be like, it's Friday and or Saturday night. I'm going to watch a really stupid movie and like <laughs> drink a copious amount of booze. And that's going to make it feel <laughs> and like order in some food. And then that's going to make it, like feel as though it's a weekend and different sure. from the rest of the week sort of thing. Sure. So this was the movie I selected. That all sounds great. I'm not a, I mean. Yeah, that sounds like. That's a tradition that I've now carried into the post-pandemic life. That I <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, same. It sounds, it sounds great. I'm not necessarily a booze drinker. That part doesn't appeal to me, but like all the rest of it sounds just perfect. A dumb movie. Yep. Plus, take a out. dumb amount of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds great. And so, so I put this on and did those things, and unsurprisingly, <laughs> fell asleep. You know, let's say an hour yeah. into the movie or something. Um, it's only ninety-seven minutes long, and I think I probably Love did the it. thing of like I woke up. You know, at whatever time, being like, oh, fuck, I, like, didn't finish this movie. I guess I'll just finish it tomorrow. But then I never finished it tomorrow. Tomorrow never came. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tomorrow uh, came. Yeah. The me finishing it never <laughs> happened. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I get that. Sometimes when you're, like, in that moment, it's hard to recapture it. But, yeah. But my, main, but my main question is, literally, why do they do that? Why do they have to pretend he's alive? Yes. So that's a great question. I had to refresh my memory because I didn't keep this in my mind. So basically, um, (laughs) Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Jonathan Silverman are playing two young, like, finance guys in 1980s New York. And Bernie Lomax, Mm -hmm. played by Terry Kaiser... Um, is their big boss at this financial company. And they discover, when they're looking at, like, through the, because they're, like, these plebs or whatever, they discover that insurance fraud is happening at the company, and they're like, we're going to go tell Bernie about the insurance fraud. And he, this is over Labor Day weekend. They have... And he's got this fancy house in the Hamptons where he always throws a big Labor Day weekend bash. So they're like, they're going to go up speak to Bernie. Bernie has lured them because he is actually behind the fraud. And so he gets 
some like mobster man um, to come and he want he ranges for them to kill these two guys so that they can't reveal his fraud. However, oh. however, it turns out that the guy that Bernie hires, his thug, Bernie has also been sleeping with his thug's girlfriend. Uh-oh. So Bernie, in fact, gets killed instead. Um, wow, that is not at all what I thought this movie was. Yeah. <laughs> For some um, reason. And then the reason why Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan, Jonathan Silverman have to pretend that Bernie is alive is that um, the way that Bernie gets killed is with a heroin injection that's meant to look like he OD'd. And oh, so shit. they arrive at his house before his big party kicks off. And so, so it would look like they did it. Right. So they have to pretend that he's uh. still alive so that they don't get in trouble with the law. <laughs> Movies are so silly. I mean, not that I thought that the movie, like, not that I thought that the premise was going to be, like, really sound. That is w- really a lot wilder than I thought. And I guess what I thought, you know, really makes no sense either. But, wow, that is intense. <laughs> yeah, it's, I That's mean, a lot darker than I thought it was, to be honest. Well, it is. I mean, it is called a black comedy, so there's that. But, um, like... Yeah, it's, I thought it was a little bit more goofy for some I, reason. Like, I know, but, I know that it. Like, but then again, it's like if you're if the whole premise is like we're carting this corpse around. Like, I mean, it yes, probably, it gets goofy. I guess I thought like, but I didn't think he was. I didn't know he was murdered. So I thought like, like that part makes it darker than what I thought. I thought yeah. it was something where. Again, like they were trying to get some type of insurance money, which I guess is dark in its own way. But yeah, wow, interesting. Yeah, so that, but I mean, but the point is, and I'm gonna have to do some. <laughs> it turns out there's more going on with Weekend at Bernie's than I realized that I'm gonna have to look at later. Um, but the point <laughs> is, in terms of this show that we're talking about this yeah. week. We don't even need to know, like, the plot of Weekend at Bernie's. We just need to know the sight gags. Um, right. Because that's what happened in this show. So, hello, everyone. Yes. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I'm here with my sister and co-host Amy Walsh. And Amy, why don't you tell the good people what we're talking about this week? <laughs> well, this week we're talking about Weekend at Bernie's. So, um... <laughs> we maybe can save that for Labor Day. Our Labor Day episode can be Weekend at Bernie's. I would probably know about as much about Weekend at Bernie's, having never seen it, than some of the stuff that I have watched for this podcast. (laughs) And here's something that's going to blow your fucking mind. There's a Weekend at Bernie's 2. Like, how... It's one thing to, like... Does he die again? Like, how do you get a corpse? Like, it's one thing to have a corpse hanging around for a few days. But, like, how can it be hanging around No, he would look like a literal... You'd be, like, walking around with a skeleton. Or just like a really you, yuck ball, like actually, I, I, I would, would be. You're, I, I would, mean, I would love to see the sight gags that they do at Weekend at Bernie's, where it's just a skeleton in sunglasses, <laughs> <laughs> and people act like that's a real person. They're like, hey, dude, like, wait, 
But uh, but don't you think it's got to be that the second one is a different person dies? I don't right? know. I don't know. It's got to be. Listen, we now know what we're going to be doing for Labor Day weekend this year and next year. <laughs> Between Weekend at Bernie's and Weekend at Bernie's 2. And Weekend at Bernie's 2. I can't wait. Um, um, but what we did actually watch this week was uh, an episode of Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. a modern space opera. Is that, I didn't know that it had that, what do you call that when there's like a secondary Subtitle. title? Subtitle. Subtitle. <laughs> um, and this was... This aired from 2007 to 2008. Specifically, the episode that we watched was called Life Source, which was originally um, aired on September 21st, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so the subtitle came just from IMDb. I don't think there, I don't recall oh, okay. there being anything necessarily in the credits that said that. Um, okay. Now, uh, the IMDb description of this show is as follows. Hometown celebrity Stephen Flash Gordon discovers a secret his father tried desperately to keep hidden. He then embarks on a journey to another dimension in hopes of finding his father, who was believed to be killed in a fire. Flash becomes involved with the struggles of Planet Mongo. A tyrannical leader controls the only source of clean water on the planet... Flash makes many allies during his struggles, leading to a revolution. I have literally so many questions. Okay. Do you want to hit me with some of them? Yeah. Yeah. And that description didn't help. I thought, like, I didn't read that beforehand. And I was like, oh, you've got a description. Great. Maybe I'll, like, some of my lingering questions will be answered. Literally not at all. Because my question was, is he a mutant is he like a superhero mutant is he a alien is he none of those things does he just hang around with aliens and mutants i like i legit did not understand um okay so he is just a human being he does hang out with aliens and mutants (laughs) wait oh Wait, but, and he's just, like, fast, but fast is something, like, he, the well, fact no, that he's fast, he's, like, means something. Well, no, he's called Flash Gordon because he's a hometown track celebrity. Like, he runs track, oh. but he's not, like, oh, the Oh, but I thought Flash. it was, like. He's not the Flash. Oh. Okay, okay, because I really thought that he was, like superhuman fast like no. i thought that was what we were no, supposed to be no he is a regular that. human man who just he's regular fast yes and he's like this okay. hometown hero clean cut guy um so okay. like his main talent i guess might be being handsome but yeah um yeah that's yeah. about it so like so this is maybe <laughs> potentially useful um this began as a comic strip in the 1930s. Right. Okay. And I only just am learning this now. Um, so Flash Gordon was created by a guy named Alex Raymond in the 30s. Um, uh-huh. And the strip was meant to compete with um, a similar type of comic strip that was also happening at the same time called Buck Rogers. Never heard of it. But, I mean, it's basically the same thing. So these are, like, super-duper early 
Um, actually, this is. I want to see something. Hold on a second. When was the first comic? Is that what you're looking up? No, I was specifically <laughs> looking up Superman. So, um, oh, okay. So here's the thing. So, I am not a comic person. Uh, so I can't Mm-mm. speak to this with incredible authority, but this is my vague knowledge of how this worked. Um, before the invention of the superhero, um, of which Superman is one of them. So like Buck Rogers yeah. came out and I'm only learning this now. So Buck Rogers came out in 29, Flash Gordon came out in 34, Superman came out in 38. Um, oh. So before there were people like Superman or the Flash or the Green Lantern or all those, one, like Spider-Man, like all the things that are more well-known, before any of those people, mm. there were people like Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers who are just human beings who have adventures. Um, and mm. And their talents are varied but they are not in any way yeah super actually um, super okay. yeah so um so they're kind of in the vein of like i'm trying to think what would be a good way of thinking about this they're kind of like almost more like a star wars character um or a star trek character like a rogue from star trek kind mm. of type guy mm. um or like the thing, the traditions that they would be building off of at the time, anyway, would be things like, um, like H.G. Wells novels and Jules Verne novels, and um, mm. like what was that one, like Little Nemo stuff like that, um, where it's like these people. That I don't know involved. any of what you're saying. <laughs> Well, I'm just talking about very old timey science fiction alternate dimension yeah, yeah. kind of stuff where the where yeah, yeah. people are involved in well, regular people. But yeah, they aren't uh-huh. like they're they're only special by virtue of their own like personal of talents and mm. because they've ended up on these adventures, they don't have they're not superhuman <laughs> in any particular way. Mm. Got so, it. I was definitely confused about that and um Mom wanted me to make it clear that there was a iteration of this show in the 50s that she would watch. Oh, interesting. That, yeah, and there actually seemed to be, like, well, when I was telling her about it, she looked up something and she was like, was the one you watched from 1980? Well, and I was like, no. I was like, okay, that's a movie. Okay, yes. I was like, if I watch the wrong thing again, I swear. <laughs> um, uh, but... But I was like, yeah. no, I know the like, one. No, because it. The one from 1980 is a movie. Yes, that's the movie. So, um, so okay. okay, this is this is probably useful. So, the Flash Gordon comic strip was a daily comic strip that ran from 1934 to 1992. Whoa! I know. Um, daily. Daily. People didn't have the what internet. In hell. They needed entertainment they needed content and the newspaper Come was on. their way to get it yikes what a rough time wait but <laughs> look it's not a, i couldn't even like it's not like they so they had a daily comic strip 
we have TikTok. I think they're both either good or bad. Like I don't I get think that's one the same. is. I guess it's the, than the same. Other. No, that's true. I guess I was thinking more from a. <laughs> I don't know why, but from like a writer's perspective, that's a lot of. It's a lot of content to, to come up with. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to assume that it would have been a serial format where, like, come back tomorrow and see, you know, whatever. Yeah, and, I mean, comic strips aren't, like, long. <laughs> like, yeah. So I guess they don't have to make it, like, every single day is a different adventure. Right. But Mom so, did want me to say specifically that the show in the 50s, the the effects were bad. That's, <laughs> that's fair. I mean, she might not even realize just how much Flash Gordon material there is. There, so probably af- not. After the success of these comic strips, the very first Flash Gordon movie was in 1936. Um, there was a, wow. and then a follow up in 38, and then a follow up in 1940. Golly. Um, I mean, we could do all wow. of these. <laughs> Um, Jesus, I don't know if I want to. That's too much uh, material. Some of them, yeah, I have no, well, but the nice thing about movies from, like, that time, they probably were all, like, 74 They're short. minutes. <laughs> I do like that. Um, so, there's a series of movies that come out in the 30s. Then there's the 1980 movie, which um, has gone down as, like, one of the most famously bad movies of all time because it's also like really? weirdly a musical. Um, <gasps> Ooh, wait, that sounds like I might like it. I'm surprised you've not run into it, honestly. Um, yeah. Because the feature theme song called Flash is by Queen. Um, and Queen Ooh. actually composed and performed the entire score of the 1980 <gasps> movie. Whoa, yeah. maybe I need to watch that. I'm, I don't know. I'm That's really surprised because there's like all kinds of people in the movie um, that. Oh, like, and I've literally never heard of it. Yeah, you might want to. I mean, it's I've seen it. It's and just it's, called Flash Gordon? Yes, and it's nuts. I mean, Interesting. we maybe will save it, <laughs> in fact, um, because it's nuts. Um and then I, kinda, I like nuts though. Then there, and then the thing Mom is talking about in terms of TV shows, there was the one that she probably is referring to, which was ran from fifty four to fifty five. Um, then there yeah. was an animated show that ran from seventy nine to eighty. Um, then there was yet another animated series in eighty two. Um, and then another animated series. Just didn't want to give it up. I know. An animated series in 86 and 96. Um, God. And then, uh, then this one, the live action one we're talking about in 2007, 2008. Well, it's about time for another one. So somebody I, better I'm get on it. I'm surprised that it, I, I mean, presumably with, when you've got literally 60 years worth of comics, <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's quite a lot you could do there. I think part of the problem, perhaps, is that because um, some of the storylines here do not age well, like, um, uh, yeah, yeah, like a lot of the original story, uh, like Planet Mongo. I'm trying to remember. Where's my notes about this? Is it racist? Um, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like. Basically, like, Planet Mongo, both in this TV show, and now we're getting back to my, the bits of notes I have in the outline. Like, so, 
in both this and in the various iterations of Flash Gordon that there are, the planet Mongo is like in an alternate dimension and is peopled by um, a variety of different species um, of of varying degrees of intelligence, mostly humanoid. Like there's just various different types of humanoid groups mixing it up. And okay. they, t- what I was able to infer, particularly in the comic strip, they often like stick to their own little like kind of tribal units where it's like if we're all of a certain mm-hmm. type, we stick together. Um, and Ming, who is the dictator of this planet, he controls all of them because, as it says here in the case of this version of the show, um, he controls all the clean water on the planet. So okay. that sets him up to be the one in charge. Now you may be huh. saying to yourself, uh, dictator Ming, he's also referred to as emperor Ming in various uh, versions of this. That sure sounds like probably that person mm-hmm. might be Asian. Um, and that's, that's where some of the racist troubles are. Um, yeah. And then as well in the 1980 movie, uh, Emperor Ming is played by Max Van Sydow, who we've spoken about before. Um, and he is absolutely a white guy put into yellow face makeup oh. and Yikes. made yeah. to look Asian. Um, so mm. at the very least, this version has moved away from that depiction of Ming. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, still, I didn't remember. He's th- still called Ming, but he doesn't. Okay. They have, and he's still a white guy called Ming. But at the very least, they've not tried to like Asian him up in any make him look. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was surprised to learn uh, that this way was a sci-fi show um, because this was on the Sci-Fi Channel when I was rather an avid watcher of the sci-fi channel (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. literally had no memory of this whatsoever um that's funny but admittedly Flash Gordon has never really been my kind of super cup of tea when it comes to science fiction yeah um and this show didn't necessarily disabuse me of that belief (laughs) um but basically what we need to know essentially is that by the point in the season that we are flash's dad has disappeared in some kind of an accident most are presuming that he's been killed um Mm -hmm. and his dad is some kind of scientist who has made this connection into the alternate dimension where the planet mongo exists and i guess i guess the thing would be is that because his dad has disappeared, presumed dead, Flash feels like it's his job to guard the, what is it called? Something called like a rift blaster or something. It's like whatever technology that the dad made to make the connection between the uh, different realities. It's now like Mm -hmm. Flash's job to make sure that that technology doesn't get into anyone else's hands. And whenever 
um, people from Planet Mongo show up on Earth, it's his job to, like, have them go back. Get them out. Yeah. So that's... Got it. The general... What a weird... What a weird premise. <laughs> it is. It and is. even even after all that explanation, I I still don't really get it. <laughs> like, That's fair. That's it's totally very, fair. It's just very weird. Um, I will say that I did know right away, like I didn't look up anything about this show and I was like, I don't know what time period this was made in, but just based on the way they look, even though like it does seem like a, Thing where like time period isn't super important that important no. I was like this had to be made in the early 2000s 2010s because that was just like the look they all had <laughs> yeah 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 the outfits um, and stuff were very yeah for sure um so in terms yeah. of the cast we have Stephen Flash Gordon played by a 28 year old Eric Johnson um, now you'll see here that pretty much everyone in this cast is Canadian. Um, and that's because mm. Sci-Fi Channel in particular likes to do all their production in Canada. All of like their original programming is always typically done in Canada. Um, and that often means that Canadian actors, um, kind of take on, the bulk of the roles. Although I've never seen a sci-fi show where it like literally sense. everyone was Canadian. This is a bit unusual in that regard. Hmm. Um, but so anyway, Eric Johnson, his first credit was in 1992. So um, he's a bit of a child actor. Um, and basically he then from 92 to this in 2007 and continuing on into today, he's just keeps getting steady movie and TV work. Um, yeah, and I believe that. He's very, like, pretty boy. Yeah, he's exactly, like, the kind of guy that's, like, perfect for a lot of different things because he's, like, just generically good-looking. And you're like, you could, yeah. you could be, like, a business guy. You could be a Superman. <laughs> you could be, like... Mm -hmm. Uh, a teacher, you, you know, like whatever, man, we can just like have you, you could be like a lawyer, whatever. you know? Yeah. Um, so he's been yeah. doing that. Um, I'm surprised you didn't recognize him because he was in a couple episodes of Criminal Minds over the years. Um, I know I saw, I saw that on here. I'm curious which ones. I, I mean, I did recognize him. I just like, whoa, this picture of him on Wikipedia is not what he looks like in this show. Um, <laughs> I, I did recognize him from, um, from, from something, but I did, I couldn't pick out like which episode. No, I don't remember now, but he was in a couple. Um, and then now I need to look at his oh, picture. I just oh, looked up. I just why, looked up. Yeah. He, cause he's, in, he's been most re recently in Vikings. And so he would have had to. Okay. Grow his that's beard why he looks beardy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I looked up right away and saw what his name was on Criminal Minds, and now I remember uh, it is, it's a small role, but he plays the brother of one of the, like, main characters. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so from there, again, he's he kind of each thing that he gets is a bit bigger than the previous thing. So he was a series regular on Rookie Blue, The Nick, Smallville. He has kind of like a, mm. a noticeable supporting role in the Fifty Shades of gray and stuff movies. Um, mm. 
like I said, even more recently, he was a more title role in Vikings. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, of course he's in Vikings. He looks like an he actual... He is like, very... T- Teutonic man of the past. Like, um, Yeah. So, and then he's got three things coming out. So, I mean, he yeah, there's something about him, him where... Like, no, like... His looks, I'm not saying this to diminish his acting at all. It's like his looks probably just got him a lot of stuff at first because, as I said, he's just a blank canvas upon which stuff can be placed. Um, But he clearly also (laughs) is doing well, and so that's good. And, And I could see, I was like, yeah, he certainly seems to be carrying this ensemble show fairly well. Um, it -hmm. just isn't that good of a show. Like, that's not his fault. Um, Right. Yeah. Next, we have the character Dale Arden, uh, Flash's ex-girlfriend, played by a 32-year-old Gina Holden, also Canadian. Um, She began her career by modeling um, and, I guess, did a fair bit of work in Japan as a teen. Um, And then started acting in 2002, um, whereupon she has been in a variety of different things. Um, Some of the things that I thought maybe you would have run across um, maybe in your lifetime watching are things (laughs) like, well, this wouldn't be a lifetime movie, but it just sounded fun, Avalanche Sharks. Um, That does sound fun. Yeah, and then these are the ones that I thought were Lifetime movies. I Didn't Kill My Sister, Bad Date Chronicles, mm-hmm. Sleeping With My Student, and His Deadly Affair. Yeah, those all sound great. <laughs> um, I mean, like Bad Date Chronicles in particular, that's like just the title of my life at the moment. So um <laughs> I think it could be a title of many people's lives and just it's like true it's true like dating in general and, and I would say it's true like you need the word chronicles when you're dating because it is precisely <laughs> that it's like a lengthy tome of like and then this happened yeah. and then this person and then then we went here and then I was bored like and then he just sat there silently and seemed fine <laughs> with it you know like um that sort of thing <laughs> And those um, things don't even sound that bad, to be honest. I've seen, I've like heard well, and seen they worse, don't, scarier they, things. Oh, they're not scary, but no, they're like, bad. They're bad. Like I, I don't even. No, think I, I get that. I literally went. I literally went on a date where the guy seemed fine with just us both sitting there in silence. Hmm. And I That's couldn't. Tough. Like you have. I could like you have to get to a point with someone yeah, where that's you okay can't, you and comfortable, can't be on, you know? You can't be on date one date one for date no, one no, no, comfortable no. silence. That doesn't exist. That no. doesn't no, exist. No, that, that's not comfortable. No. And I was just because like, because the silence the silence comes when you like <laughs> run out of questions or like run out of things to say or right. you know are we know so, each other's stories. Again, so like, yeah, like we know. Yeah, we don't everything. need to have like. Yeah. But even but on a then, getting to know you basis, silence is weird. Silence is not golden in that 
moment of time. No, I mean, even, even, even in comfort, like, I definitely still have, like, moments of, like, hey, say something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'll say this, I'll say this, uh, when, when me and my partner of many years go to dinner out in public, please have something to say. Like, that's not the that's, that's not when the comfortable silence time happens. Like comfortable silence that's time true. happens when it's like morning coffee time or like we've gone on a beach vacation and we're just sitting outside, you know, like or we're taking a walk in the woods. Like sure. there are places where comfortable silence is absolutely your choice right. to make. No, <laughs> no, like out at out no, no, no. You're absolutely like out out at a dinner where you're like sitting across from each other, looking at each other, and there's legit nothing else to do but talk. Like, you better that, be talking. You're right. You better bring it. That's like, right. come on, man. I, I, no, I agree. And I mean, the last time <laughs> it does remind me though. The last time I went out to dinner with Isaac, he was like a couple of times like looking off like into space, like sort of lovingly, but not talking. <laughs> and I was like, what is happening right now? And he both times, both times he was like, "Oh, I'm just so hungry. I'm just thinking about the food." So like the first time, <laughs> So he and I was wasn't like, I've even like never seen looking so he was like looking very angelic and like but then it wasn't even about like your love or how like things were going so no. great. It was like I'm oh, just thinking no, about no, no. that pork chop I'm going to eat later. I literally am thinking about the fish and chips I just ordered. Like, like, but, and like, and like, it was literally like hand on the chin, like looking out into space, like, like smirking. And I was like, what is happening? That is so funny. I can picture that look precisely. It's like the glamour shot look, like hand on the chin, like just thinking about that. It was legit that. And he did, he, Yes, he and he literally did it twice. He did it the one time before dinner, and then we like ordered dessert, and then he did it again <laughs> waiting for dessert. And I was like, "This is wild." I was like, "This is absolutely wild." Um, now, <laughs> so, just because I need to also enjoy this, so the meal was fish and chips. Uh, what was yeah? The you want to know what the dessert was? Yes. Oh yeah, it was great. It was a cappuccino mousse cake. Ooh, that does sound good. It was now I'm delish. staring and, off out my window thinking about food and probably smiling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, I understood. <laughs> I got it. Like, I like it wasn't like I didn't understand that feeling. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't even that. This was literally like he was just like very happy to just sit there not saying anything. And I was like, well, that would throw me off too because what's going on. I would be like, are you okay? Like, are is like. Well, now, in this guy's case, here's... So I eventually decided that this was going nowhere, but it was, like, too much of a sociological experiment (laughs) to abandon. Like, I had to let it play out. So, because... So, like, we met for the obligatory, like, let's have a drink and see how things go. The drink itself was Mm -hmm. already weird. And I was like, okay. um, But he was like, well let's go to dinner and I was like okay and I thought like oh well you know like maybe the first drink it was only like you know 45 minutes like maybe he needs to like warm up into it like okay we'll have dinner and like yeah yeah the place was actually a place I'd been wanting to try so I was like oh this is a good way to do that okay fine 
So we have dinner, and that's when this silence thing really started to, like, kick in. And I was like, what is going on? You know, like, so dinner concludes, and at this point, I really Did he am, not like, speak oh, much English or something? No, he's, he was a native English speaker. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the reason could be. Well, I just get, well, here, I'm going to finish the story and maybe this will help. Um, okay, sorry. So dinner concludes and I am at this point like, we're done here. We're done. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he was like, oh, would you like to go for one more drink? And I was like, okay. Whoa. like, But that's what I mean. That's when the like sociological going. thing happened. I was like, I need to, what, yeah. is, what does he think is going on here? Like I got to right. follow this through to the end, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. so we go have this drink and he finally starts to like talk a bit more. And in the context of this talking, he says, yeah, like, I still don't understand why my ex and I got divorced. And I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> Oh, you didn't know he was a divorced person? Oh, I, that, wasn't, a- that wasn't like a horrible reveal or anything. Like he'd already mentioned he had kids. Oh. Like that wasn't anything. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry to okay. say, Amy, when you're dating in your 40s, it's a 50-50 shot. That's just or the case. Or more that someone yeah, is yeah, divorced. Yeah. Like at some point. Like that's It would just, just be a little bit weird if it was something you didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I thought, because like, you know, we did a little bit of like comparing notes or whatever. And I was saying something about my ex uh, or our relationship or something. And I finished saying it. And he's like, you know, I couldn't even talk about my relationship the way you just did. I just don't have, like, the vocabulary to do it. And I was like, oh, Hmm. boy. What does that even mean? I mean, I think what it means is he's fucking happy to sit there being quiet all the time. And it drives the women in his life fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> and he has no idea why they're upset. It sounds yeah. Like. He's like, like he just doesn't. He just, can't conceptualize. Aren't it. we just having a nice dinner? And it's like, well, the food is nice, but like this isn't a nice dinner because you're not saying. But the company anything. is rather dull. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like you're just giving me nothing. And like you know, this is a person where it's. It, it seemed like he had a couple kids. You know, like I'm like this woman was probably with this guy for eighteen so years, just waiting for him to say anything. Like, um. But that anyway, so I digress. Uh, bad date chronicles. That's see that's bad date chronicles sounds that's good. That's a chronicle. That's one entry in the chronicles of my bad dates. Seriously, so we need the chronicles. Um. So then we have uh, the character Balin, played by a Karen, a 31-year-old Karen, it's spelled cliche, which I love, but is apparently pronounced <laughs> cliche. Um, That's a bummer. It's too bad it's not Karen cliche. I know. Cliche. I really want it to be Karen cliche a lot more. Um, yeah, it's a better name. Now, she is similar, got kind of a similar list of movies to Gina Holden where she has been in things called Big Wolf on Campus. Great. Um, <laughs> Vampire it. High. Mm-hmm. Killer Mom. And mm-hmm. most recently, Galentine's Day Nightmare. I would watch the shit out of all of those. <laughs> 
Like, I, I don't know what any of it means. Like, specifically Big Wolf on campus. I don't know, like, if that's... Are we talking, like, a literal wolf? Are we talking, like... No, I think, like, it, I think we're probably talking about, like, a teen wolf situation. But, like, at college, that's my guess. Okay. Okay. Killer Mom sounds interesting. Always, Valentine's always Day Nightmare sounds ridiculous. So Valentine's Day, I'm trying to, I was trying to remember this earlier this week. Um, is Valentine's Day February 13th? Yes. Cause we're, yeah, because that's what Parks and Rec, I mean, Parks and Rec made up that yeah. holiday. But um, I think so, okay. right? That's like, what I thought. I think Amy Poehler should, like, get a kickback. Um, yeah, I would watch that. I'm very curious what that is. <laughs> is it a bunch of a bunch of women just killing each other? Like I'm curious. I I don't know. I don't know. Um, next I'll we let have. Let you know when I watch it. Yeah, do let us know. Um, next we have the <laughs> character Joe Wiley, played by 25 year old Giles Panton. Um, now this is an interesting fact from his IMDb bio. His first job, this is a direct quote, his first job was playing the groom in a well-known wedding commercial, which ran for almost a decade. What the heck well-known wedding commercial was it? I didn't, I don't I know what well-known wedding commercial even means as a phrase. Like, I don't either, because you got to say what it, that also it, sounds like something that he came, wrote. Wait, but here's my thing. Is it a commercial for marriage? Is it like a PSA? Have you thought yeah, about marriage? Yeah, what is a marriage? wedding commercial? That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. I was I just like breezed over the like wedding commercial of it all. What like, is a commercial for a wedding? Because like I feel like people know. Is it like come get married at this place, sold. whatever this place is? Is oh yeah, you're right. That could be a wedding commercial where it's like for a particular like resort or like event space or a particular like. Or is it like or a wedding like a, commercial, or a wedding like planner, a, a wedding planner, or is it like for wedding clothing, like dresses and suits? Right. Is it David's bride? Is it Dave's David's bridal? What the hell is that place called? Dave's, <laughs> David's, David's bridal. bridal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, but I just am now picturing an ad that is like, "Have you thought about getting married today?" <laughs> Like, maybe get on It's a to cool it. new thing we just um, came up with. Yeah. Not enough people are into it. We really need you to buy in. Um, so it's very weird. He, too, appeared in the Bad Date Chronicles. Um, he also wow. apparently was in Man in the High Castle, which we talked about quite a while ago. Um, and lately, it hmm. seems like his big thing is Christmas movies. Um which doesn't oh, surprise me because he's Canadian and he's good looking. So he could be filming a Christmas movie like every day of the year if he wanted to. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the final character is called Lillian. And this is played by um, an actor named Laura Manel or Menel, um, whose age is hidden from the internet. Um, she was someone who I did absolutely recognize and I realized the reason I recognized her presumably was because she was in quite a lot of different sci-fi channel, like original programming stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Like Alphas was one that I definitely watched for a bit. She also was in quite a lot of Canadian stuff that there's some kind of 
crossover. I seem to watch a lot of weird Canadian stuff sometimes. So like the show Motive, she was in that. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> um, but then she also was in Men in the High Castle. Um, and then uh, she was in a good old, yet another TV movie that sounds like you might enjoy called Stolen from the Womb. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And most recently she was in something called Project Blue Book, um, which is like about, oh, now I can't remember. It's some, it's kind of like alieny ish, like in the fifties. Um, and this is, these are the people we need to know to understand this show. And by understand this show, I mean, that's like a bit of a leap to begin with. Um, but basically we start in Medias Res and uh, we're out on this like suburban street where Flash, Balin, and Zarkov. Zarkov is um, Flash's dad's assistant. Okay. And he's the one who's going to be doing quite a lot of the Weekend at Bernie's stuff. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So they're driving around in a fancy red convertible, which presumably is Flash's. Um, and what they're looking for is, um, like a rift that has been created, you know, like the doorway between planet Mongo and earth, um, because their mm-hmm. job is to close those rifts and to make sure that everything is okay. Um, mm-hmm. I don't pr- know precisely where this is filmed, but they are in one of the most nondescript McMansion-y neighborhoods I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah. which also is maybe why it seems very early 2000s as well yeah um yeah yeah because like that style of home building was really popular at that time um Mm -hmm. and so they track the rift to one particular house on this block um where then they interact with a very intense real estate woman um (laughs) who is trying to sell them this house uh Balin and Zarkov remain behind to do some investigating while Flash goes to the local bar, which I want to say it was called Mustangs, maybe. Um, and he meets up with his ex-girlfriend, Dale. And Dale is like the local, local news lady as well. <laughs> and so I guess it's a bit like... Um, Clark Kent, Lois Lane, maybe style relationship to some degree. Um, But Dale, even though she works for the news, she does not actually tell anyone about this Planet Mongo stuff. Like, this is all secret, Mm -hmm. like, adventure Mm -hmm. stuff, which is going to become a problem for her and her boyfriend. Because Flash is talking to Dale, and they're fairly certain that Um, An alien has come through the rift and he needs her help to find this alien. Meanwhile, Dale receives a phone call from her boyfriend, Joe, and he's, I forget what he's done, but he's done something annoying, like being like, I'm about to come over to your house and I've ordered Chinese food. And, um, and I mean, I know that sounds bad that I say that's annoying, but it is kind of annoying. Like, well, it's, well, it's one of those sort of like veiled annoying things if it if you know what I mean like if that's something that you have if someone did that to me 
I think that that would maybe be okay based on if they're basing it on like prior knowledge of the person, like, oh, they're always at home and they're always going to want to eat, <laughs> which is me. <laughs> um, but if you don't know that about them or like, yeah, it could be seen as like intrusive. You know, well, you know what yeah, I mean? Like it's a, like, like a weirdly well, controlling or sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's some kind of weird manipulation, which is like, I'm, I'm creating this plan where we're hanging out. Like, I still don't think, whatever. yeah, I still don't think I would like it. Let me backtrack a little bit. I still don't think I would like it if it was fully unplanned. Like, and it obviously depends on the person. Like, yeah, because it's, I like, see, I mean, here's it, my thing. I would love that phone call if we're already living together. Where you say, yes, of course. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm coming picking home up, with this food. Yes, I'm picking up Chinese. I'll see you yeah. when you get home. And also, right. I'm not giving you a time frame on when you must be home either. It's just like, see you when you get Right. Um, you do you, but I have Chinese food so in the background. You probably want to yeah. get home soon then. <laughs> if you want to eat. <laughs> Right. If because you, you know be Chinese warm, food isn't this as is good. your time frame. Yeah, you don't you know Chinese food isn't as good when you heat it up the second time. And also there's only a limited amount of egg rolls. And if you're not here to get one, that's true. Then that's too bad for you. <laughs> that's true. Although I will say uh, like a weird maybe this is a hot take about Chinese food. Chinese food is good medium warm, if that makes sense. Like Yes. If it's, if you it if you leave the fried rice it. out Yes, and you leave it at room temp, it can yeah. remain pretty good. Yeah. For round two. Yeah. You go no, for I'm round two. Yeah. 100%. You put it in the fridge, it's like, it it does change the chemistry. Yes. But if you keep it out, it's, it's intact. good a yeah, couple hours intact. later. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, so anyway, he does something <laughs> like that. In case anyone won that tidbit. Yeah. He does something like that and she's like, ooh, ah, I really can't. I've got like this big story I'm working on. Um, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, fine. But like, I assume that this is somewhat serial as a show. And so I feel like there's already been in previous episodes, some work to like establish this bit of a love triangle sort of thing. Because, like, Joe already seems quite, like, cagey or skittish, I guess, about this blow-off. And he should because Mm. while she's on the phone, Flash goes up to the bartender um, who... Oh, I remember thinking this was funny. I need to find this guy's name. Hold on a second. Because it's, like, one of those things where, like, the character's name is just the the actor's name who plays the guy. Like... Um, oh, really? Yeah, like the bartender's name is Luke and, or something, and then the character is also supposedly called Luke. It's Luke Perry. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. Let me see if I can find it. Sorry, my internet's a bit slow. Let's see. Where is he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bartender is called Zach, and the guy who plays him is also called Zach. Um, so Flash goes up to Zach and he's like picking up his burgers that he's ordered for him and Dale so that they can stay up all late talking about all these aliens while she's blowing off her boyfriend. <laughs> um, in the midst mm-hmm. of this 
interaction. I mean, this was funny too, because like Zach, the bartender says that Mustang's bar is like, quote unquote, the best place to hook up in town. Um, and <laughs> so some man, uh, for, I don't even recall how this altercation starts, but like in my handwritten notes, I've written dweeb steps to flash without success. Um, so they have, they have some kind of altercation, which involves flash eventually like pressing this guy's head down on the bar, as you see often in these kinds of shows. Um, Flash takes his burgers and leaves with Dale. Once Flash is gone, a mysterious dark-haired woman approaches the dweeb who's just gotten his ego bruised, um, and they (laughs) leave together. Mm -hmm. In some sort of weird-ass car, this dark-haired woman is making out with this dweeb, but he is, like, struggling quite a bit, and then there's, like, a weird green light, and then that is our cold open, which goes into the credits. Um, the credits here were very. And I was fully confused. I, I mean, was, that's fair. I was. That's I had fair. no clue what was happening. Yeah, that's totally fair. I was okay with it, but I had no clue what was happening. I mean, for you, you never have any clue really what's happening in any of the stuff we watch. So, like, it's a comfortable I know. spot. I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm comfortable in the not knowing. You've accepted just like that one guy's comfortable it. not talking. I'm comfortable right. not knowing. <laughs> yeah, right. and perfect, perfect. You're a match made in heaven. You and that guy. Um, <laughs> so when we return from the credits, uh, we're back at like this realtor house, this weird big mansion, and um, now Balin. Now, okay, I need to explain something. Balin is the other brown-haired lady in this show who is an alien. Okay. She's got, like, the long straight hair. Got it. She's an alien. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. And so she and Flash have teamed back up, and they've tracked down one of the people to come through the rift, which is um, a soldier from Planet Mongo, and I learned, I looked this up specifically. People from Planet Mongo are called Mongonians. How original. Indeed. Um, so they find this dead soldier in the backyard. This is where Balin, indi- this is when I was like, oh, she's not human. Because she starts smelling something on the dead soldier. There's a smell on him. And... So from that, she's like, he was killed by somebody else also from Mongo. So even though mm, they've, they've okay. tracked down, so they've tracked down one of the Mongonians who came through the rift, and he's dead. But now we need to find the other Mongonian. But the problem is that um, the Mongonian who attacked the soldier and left this weird smell behind also broke the rift blaster so, for whatever reason, this person does not want to return to planet Mongo. Meanwhile, okay. meanwhile, in the newsroom, Dale finds out that there's a missing kid from the track team. And he is the dweeb that Flash had an altercation with at the bar. It just so happens, for reasons unknown, 
Well, no, I guess maybe it isn't totally unknown. So Dale, I guess, co must contact Flash. Flash contacts Zarkov. So Flash, Dale, Zarkov, and the corpse of the dead soldier come to the missing kid's house to do a bit of snooping. While they're there, unfortunately, right. Joe, Dale's boyfriend, turns out to also be a police officer. And so he has come to this oh God. missing kid's house to look for clues about where the missing kid is. Now, this mm -hmm. is when we start to see some of the beginnings of the Weekend at Bernie's visual sight gags <laughs> that we are going to start seeing. Like, the, the soldier has been taken out of his soldier garb. He's just sitting in a T-shirt with a hat on and sunglasses and slumped over in the car. <laughs> um, and in order to distract Joe from the corpse in the car... Flash ultimately uh, gets himself arrested under suspicion that he maybe did something to the missing kid because he was one of the last people, you know, seen with the kid. And also they had an altercation. So he's like, yeah, 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 go ahead and arrest mm -hmm. me. At the police station, um, Dale has found out about what's happened and she and Joe fight um, about the fact basically that she and Flash are still hanging out and that he had been blown off so that she could hang out with Flash. Um, so Joe is not a fan of this. Mm -hmm. um, then Flash comes in after having been bailed out. Joe leaves. On the outside of the police station, as they're leaving the building, Balin and Zarkov drive up. Um, and Balin starts to notice a similar smell as to what was on the Mongolian soldier as well. And she knows it's a smell okay. that's from an alien. She knows it's a Mongolian scent of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, so she traces the smell to the police impound lot. Um, and they, of course, she and Flash then find the car where at, we as the audience in the cold open saw the, like, the mysterious woman and the dweeb guy in trouble. So uh, it's like, okay, yeah. got it. That's the scene of the crime, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. um, we then go back to Dale's newsroom where an old man comes in and he seems really confused, but he also says to Dale that he is the missing track star. Dale mm. doesn't seem to, she's like, no, this guy is too old. He's like, yeah, discombobulated somehow. Meanwhile, now yeah. this is where, this is where things, like if you were already struggling to get a handle on what was happening in this I was. show. <laughs> um, this is where the writing really starts to get very confusing because, mm. um, Oh, no, it isn't a flashback. Okay, 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 okay. Now I get it. So I thought that what we were seeing, so we first are in the newsroom and this old man comes in and he says he's the missing guy. And then mm -hmm. we go to Mustang's bar. And I thought this was a flashback, uh -huh. but it wasn't a flashback. We just go to Mustang's bar. And we okay. see that 
the dweeb who had was like with a group of friends when he and Flash had their dust up. One of the people mm-hmm. in the group of friends was the now deceased actor Corey Monteith. Did you recognize him? I was, yeah, of course. And I was a little confused. I was like, wait a second. Did I put on Glee by accident? And, and <laughs> I was like, I, and I questioned myself. I was like, am I seeing this right? Like, what is going on? Like, another reason why, a context clue of why I thought it was in the early 2000s because he's in right. it. Right, right. Um, but yeah. I, I was kind of like, wait, is is Corey Monteith just playing like this little ass weird like background role almost? Well, <laughs> like, he was because it was like before Glee happened. Was it before Glee? Yeah. I guess I don't remember when Glee was. I think Glee <laughs> started in 2009. Um, so this is before that. Oh, wow. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So while this one old guy toddles into the newsroom and is trying to explain that he's this missing kid... And the way he tries to explain it is by saying, look, I've got his wallet. But they're like, well, you just stole some mm-hmm. kid's wallet. Um, right. he, he collapses it, like, and is basically unconscious. Meanwhile, at the mm-hmm. bar, Corey Monteith is being approached by the same mysterious woman who took his friend... And now we follow them into the bathroom at the bar where she like... This was a weird image. She like kind of like puts her head to the side to expose her neck. Yeah. And then she has these I think if I like I I don't know if I'm caught it at this part but later. She has like three um what would I describe them as? Like holes in her neck. <laughs> like yes. air holes almost. Yes. Uh, and she like releases they have a gas inside them or something yeah and she like releases that and then I guess you breathing that kills you it doesn't kill you but it like um how would I say it like takes away your inhibitions so it like ren it like basically renders you neutral as okay as like a person. So like I guess it's the equivalent to being like roofied at a bar or something. Mm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it just renders you not able to like stop anything if you didn't want anything to happen. So yeah, it looked weird Next. at first. I was I know, it's dark. Um Yeah, I don't I didn't like it. So anyway, when I saw this woman's neck holes at first, I was like, "Oh, she's like a reverse vampire." Somehow, and I guess yeah. she kind of is because she's a bit like a succubus sort of. We learn in the end, right? That's what I was. Yeah, that's what I. Well, yeah, I guess it was maybe later, but now. So, do they show this or do they explain it? You you breathe the air hole weirdness, and then she sucks your yeah. life force. Okay. Yes, so she's kind of like the witches in Hocus Pocus. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. She first releases a gas that, like, makes you quite compliant, and then she takes your life force from you. Um, In the midst of all this, we get a little bit of comic relief sometimes with some Weekend at Bernie's type shit with Zarkov and the corpse. (laughs) Um, But then Mm -hmm. we end up at the gym where, like, the track team is practicing... And Dale and Flash 
mm-hmm. are talking to the last kid to see um, the, the first missing kid disappear. And yeah. in the context of that conversation, he also mentions that his friend, Corey Monteith, is also missing. Um, and uh, both Dale and Flash are like, why is this person like preying on these track stars? Boys. Um, and as yeah. they're like chatting with each other, a different old man comes into the gym. He <laughs> similarly is disoriented. Um, and Dale and Flash are about to um, kind of like brush him off again. But then Flash is like, um, haven't you noticed that he's wearing like kids clothes and like kids running shoes? Um, oh, I think because I think what he said was there are some things because any like old guy could wear that stuff technically. But I think like the shoes he was wearing were like university issued or oh, like sure. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know how old they are. they're supposed to be something like that that like only the track team has or something yeah to like yeah, be, yeah that's right I that's feel like right. they meant made yeah. made a mention of that so then they ask him who did this to him and he says Lillian mm-hmm. in the meantime Zarkov has now decided that the thing he needs to do is to take the dead Mongolian soldier and just basically push him back through the rift to planet Mongo um, mm-hmm. so that a corpse can rem- arrive at planet Mongo and that they don't have to deal with like the difficulties of the earth legal system. Um, but to do this, <laughs> Fair, yeah, quite frankly, to do this, um, he needs to go back to this house, this McMansion that they started at, um, mm-hmm. whereupon he is carting this corpse in a wheelchair <laughs> with um, a baseball cap and sunglasses on and, like, various stuff happening. And there's a whole mm-hmm. bit where, like, the realtor, who's this middle-aged woman, is, like, hitting on the corpse. Um, yeah. And it's just like, oh, boy, oh, boy. But then things are about to get serious again because just before we're about to go to break, Lillian is in the bar again searching out more men. Um, And she finds Dale's boyfriend, Joe, at the bar, Um, Mm -hmm. which is no good. So meanwhile, um, Flash, Dale, and Balin have tracked down this scent uh, to would a random alley, I guess, sort of behind the bar, maybe. I'm not sure. And they yeah. find her with yet another old guy. Um, and <laughs> she needs to lay off the old guy. Juice. She is sucking the young men juice like none other. Because so Balin and yeah. Flash chase after her. Dale stays back to help the old man who she does not realize is actually her boyfriend, Joe. Um, then uh, we f- end up in this weird like warehouse scenario um, where ultimately Balin and Flash confront Lillian um, and we learn that uh, what she's been spewing out of her neck is something called mating vapor. Um, I hate that. I did not care for that term. Um, (laughs) no, I did not like that. And it's, I guess it seems like on planet Mongo, that's a normal or like, if not, 
I don't think it's something everyone has, but like Balin knew precisely what it was right away. Yeah. Um, and so Flash gets a little discombobulated as a result of that. He even says, I have to say, because this is also of the time, he said, that smells even better than CK1. And I'm like, anything yes. would smell better oh than CK1. I mean, come on. <laughs> that made me laugh. That line made me laugh because I was like, oh, wow, that is specific. It is super specific. And even by 2007, it's like CK1 wasn't even popular anymore then. But like, Yeah, that's true. I feel like CK1 was more... 90s or early early yes. 2000s yes like, absolutely like i mean i'm sure people I still if, use if we if we care go on oh i was just gonna say i was just gonna say if we care i preferred ckb to be honest interesting i can't remember i've never it was been... a little bit more go on ck1 was a little bit sorry <laughs> i have very strong opinions about ck1 and ckb CK1 was a, I was, think a little girlier, quite honestly. Well, I, think, I was going to say, now I I'm think they remember, were sort CK of like male, female. Well, that, that's what I was trying to remember. Is CK1 the one that was supposed to be unisex? Was it meant to be for both men and women? I sort of feel like they were both supposed to be unisex, but they kind of just from... I think they were both both supposed to be unisex, really. Mm. But I think just just based on, I, I don't know what either of them actually smelled like. I couldn't tell you like, oh, this one smelled like this and that one smelled like that. But I think CK one was more feminine. I don't know why. I don't know what makes a scent feminine, quite honestly. Sure. But like, it was right. just a little bit lighter and like. I don't even know if it was floral. It probably wasn't, but it was just a little lighter. CKB I liked because it, like, maybe I liked it because I thought it smelled like a man, and I just kind of liked that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but, like, it, but it was, like, a little bit, the word I would use is not something that sounds good, but, like, mustier. It was just a little bit yeah. more, like, wo mm -hmm. or woody maybe is a better word for it. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I need to smell them both again, but I remember liking CKB. I've n not been a fragrance person most of my life, although, you know, I flirt with it every now and again. And every time I'm like, yeah. why did I buy this? Thing? It's not like, for me. Yeah, it just, in the, I'm, in the end, I've I don't think never I've, put it on. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually, besides the times of um, the, the, do you remember the, also the Victoria's Secret like body sprays yes, or maybe it was and or then, gap also had well there was them and then like bath and body worms had shit like that right like all of it and so those ones weren't yeah the, and those ones i don't they're maybe not in like the perfume category because they were a little bit more like body spray teen style sure but yeah i i in my adult life i don't think i've ever bought like a proper bottle of perfume it's I, just not i did once and I remember, oh, what was it? I think it was like Versace Bright Crystal. It was lovely. Like, it was perfectly fine. Hmm. But I was just like. That's fancy. I just, well, it, it was when I bought it. Now it's like available at every drugstore. But like at the time, it was oh. pretty nice. I guess I, that's um, how much I know about. I only notice it now because like I remember having bought it. Like, and it was expensive when I bought it. Mm. Like, um, Yeah. But like. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I was like, I just actually need to accept that I don't do 
fragrance. It's just not. Yeah, I've tried. To, I've tried when like people would get people have given me before like um, as gifts like samples of lots sure. of different ones, and then you have like a little tiny thing of it. And I've made the mistake of just putting them on without like smelling them. And oh I remember, no! <laughs> this is this is just a kind of a funny little anecdote, and then we can get back to what we're talking about. But I put on this one one time, and I was like, "Ooh, I hate this!" But <laughs> once you put it on. It's on. You can't take it off. Like yeah, it's on. It's on you. And I like Until put it on my shower. neck. Like yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. smell it. I'm gonna yeah. smell like this for the whole day. And it smelled like mothballs. I was like, this oh, isn't good. No. Well, I mean, just cut. and the funny part was, and I put way too much. Like yeah, you the only funny need thing like that a happened was I. I clearly am an idiot, but so but the funny part about it was like, I was like, oh, this is bad. But you know your your senses get dulled and you yes. stop smelling it. Yeah. But then I got, then I got on the train and the funniest thing that happened was I sat on the train and this woman sat next to me at one point and she was so, <laughs> was so over the top about like making a show of how she didn't like. I assumed that it was me. I think it was. <laughs> she made this over the to- over the top show of how she didn't like the smell of it to the point where she was and this is a while ago. She was putting her face like in her shirt oh and my like God. literally doing like the ha- the hand swipey like um, I don't like the smell of something. Yeah, um, yeah. And when I got up, when I got up, I literally remember <laughs> I literally remember her like doing a big like hand sweep of like get this smell away from me and I oh remember God. being like incensed being like that is so rude I get it like I don't like it either but like you're making me feel like I smell like a garbage can <laughs> like a an actual <laughs> pile of shit <laughs> I was like, you make me feel like now the people around us who maybe don't have, aren't smelling it think I smell like shit, like literal yeah. shit. And I was like, that is rude. And I, f- I can't remember if I said anything or if I was just like, I, I feel like I wanted to turn around and be like, you are so rude. <laughs> <laughs> but that, so after that, I was like, yeah, I don't need to do uh, yeah. fragrance. It's not for me. Yeah. It's, I mean, these are the things is like, you think some subtlety is key, but like, yeah. You never know. Like, I even had a similar experience over the weekend. Like, I was saying to you off air, I went to this outdoor concert. It was very nice. Um, but pe- people even in my group, I can't even blame this on strangers. People in my group had gotten a bit rowdy and a bit whatever. And so, at one point, I realized <laughs> that someone, you know when you have, like, those canned cocktail things that you can get? So, someone had bought canned yeah. espresso martini. And Ooh. it spilled all down one side of me like uh oh no and then you stank well so first of all luckily I was wearing a black dress so I wasn't in like a like it was I all I yeah so I all I needed to do was like wash my arm off of the stickiness like but then the next day aka yesterday I woke up and I like I don't know, like, I somehow had cause to touch my hair, and I was like, my hair's crusty. Ew. What oh, no. is going on? And so so then in the shower, then I get in the shower, and all of a sudden the smell of espresso martini hits me hard. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck, it dried into my hair. 
and I slept Gross. on it. And now I'm getting martini, espresso martini. Your lips. bed is gonna smell like I it. Can't. No, I did Febreze my bed like a bunch yesterday because okay. I was like, I can't like have that smell haunt I my like dreams. I feel like espresso martini. First of all, I have I have a lot of thoughts. I don't think espresso martini, espresso martinis, while they look. Like, they should be delicious because no. they look kind of chocolatey I, and coffee. Yeah, I disagree It doesn't with seem it. like they would be a yeah. good combo. No. And then, secondly, in a canned form, I think that's, like, two mistakes that are happening. <laughs> you are right. You are right. And, in fact, like, I, I don't know that anyone in my group has taken responsibility for being, like, the, the dropper <laughs> the one of who all. purchased it. The espresso, oh. Because I wasn't the only one who was spilled on. It was like everyone oh, had no. espresso martini like all over oh, them. Oh, God. And like, yeah, I, that is going to just be, but it is, that's why I guess like, I don't even think I have that like sensitive. I know in fact, I don't have that sensitive, a sense of smell. And still I'm like, yeah. fragrance is just like, you don't need to like add to no, the human it's, body. It's smell. true. Like what you need it's to true. do is take like away fragrance. smell. You need to take away smell. Right. Right. Cause I think people and I think it's very easy to overdo a perfume and people tend to because um well the more often you wear it, it the different. less you can smell it. So. You smell it, I think. And so, like, old ladies, for example, is what I picture when someone's wearing too much perfume. And it's often a very intense uh, floral smell that, yeah. yeah, not good. Anyway. Well, I mean, they're just anyway, trying so to cover up vapor, the, I'm bad. Yeah, they're trying to cover up the stink of their quickly, like, deteriorating bodies. Um, <laughs> I mean... Uh, they they are weekend at true. Bernie's. They're pre weekend at Bernie's. Oh my god, that's so. what you got to do. If you ever weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> someone you got to make sure you put a lot of perfume on them so they don't. Th- that start will just like death. solve it. That'll solve everything yeah. you need. But yeah, so oh yeah, you're like no, he smells alive. Don't worry about it. He smells like he just took an entire bottle of CK one <laughs> and just poured it over his head. I guess he's cool. <laughs> Yeah, he's all good. What are you talking about? Um, so needless to say, um, Lillian releases this mating vapor. It distracts Flash. Balin is the one who ends up, like, kind of neutralizing Lillian. Whereupon Dale realizes that it's her boyfriend who's been oldified. So she demands that Lillian... like return the life force that she took from him but weirdly not any of the other guys Mm -hmm. just her boyfriend Nah, we don't care about them um yeah and basically the she refuses to do it a different mongonian soldier has come because now they've also realized that this woman is missing so she's taken into custody and flashes somehow in the kerfuffle has like taken a fancy ring that lillian has and he's like I'll give you this ring back if you give back the life force that you took from my friend's boyfriend. Um, so that's what she does. Joe is left without any memory of what happened, and Lillian is returned to Planet Mongo. The final scene is on Planet Mongo, Lillian is being questioned by Dictator Ming and his compatriot, his henchman, I'm not totally sure. The character's mm-hmm. name is Rankle. 
And I assume Rankle is some kind of like android or something because he like seems to be rolling around okay. rather than walking. Did you oh. notice that? Oh, yeah, I forget. I was at this point, I literally was like, is this guy? I still hadn't figured it out. I was like, is this guy an alien? What are we talking about here? Like, well, yeah, I mean, he's from on? another planet. So, yes, he is like all of these people we're now seeing are aliens from right. another planet. Right. So I was just still confused about the Flash Gordon guy ah, himself, okay. which, you know, we cleared up at the beginning. But right. I was still like, mm, yeah, anyway. So it turns out that part of the reason Lillian was so desirable and why they're bringing her back to Mon- Mongo is that she has been, like, sucking life force from various people and then delivering it to Ming. Um, and she says that she wanted to go to Earth because, like, Earth men, first of all, I guess there are a lot more men on Earth than there are on Mongo, probably because of the water thing. Um, and so she mm-hmm. was like, so there was just so much more energy, I couldn't kind of stand the temptation. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, like, it seems like things are the being sort of ironed out. She gives the energy that she collected on Earth to Ming Um, But he's upset at her that she basically tried to leave the planet and never come back because, remember, she broke that rift buster that she came in on. Right, right, right. Whereas normally, like, because she's, like, kneeling on her, she's kneeling in front of him and, like, I guess sort of, like, puts her hand on his belly or something and we see the green light going and that's, like, the energy from her is transferring to him. And she's about to, like, pull her hand away because she needs to keep some of the energy for herself, of course. And Ming basically, like, holds her hand there. And we see this moment of realization in her eyes that basically he's now going to take all of her energy from her. Mm -hmm. So she first turns old and then into dust and then blows away. Mm -hmm. Um, Her ring falls down in an ash pile or dust pile or whatever she is um, turned into. And basically, Ming just turns to his assistant and is like, we need to find another one like her. And that is the end of Flash Gordon, Life Source. Wild. It is. This one was a ride um, in a way that some of our stuff has not been. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, well, then let's go to yawns and eye rolls. So, yawns. One yawn is I was really, really engaged by this. And 10 yawns is like I barely was able to continue to care about this. <laughs> um, hmm. I would say the fact that I was confused about some of like the very basic uh points of this world made it difficult to care mm, mm. <laughs> um even though i love i love a good succubus story like i'm into that <laughs> yeah that, um, was, that was what drew me into that particular episode for sure and i'm not even and i'm not even convinced that a succubus is the bad guy i say not suck all always. their stupid lives away but <laughs> wow that's a joke but yeah <laughs> a joke but you know i think some some men might deserve that. Um, I, so I guess I would say it's like 
for me, like, medium. So probably, like, a five right mm, in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Um, let me see. Was I bored? It's now been a while since I watched this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I would have to say five as well. Um, it was short enough to where I didn't feel that yeah. bad about it. Um, but it was yeah. also very confounding. Like, not confusing, yeah. confounding. I was just like, what am I looking at? And, like, what are the stakes? Yeah. Like, um, yes. And so that, and the and as I said, I think the writing. And was I sort of, quite frankly, missed the part there. about. Yeah. I did sort of miss the part about the guy dying. So all of a sudden, the weekend at Bernie's stuff was like off putting. And I was like, wait, who <laughs> what is this doing guy? with that guy? And, wait, what is, and for a while, uh, yeah. So that's the other thing is for a while, I thought the dead guy was actually the missing kid. And they were trying to hide his body because they didn't want to be in trouble for the oh. murder. You know what I mean? Like they just found a dead body. Yeah. That was the missing kid. But they yeah. didn't want to know. Like, so that's what I thought it was. And then it wasn't till quite a while later where I was like, oh no, the missing kid turned into an old guy. This dead body is a soldier, different guy. Like it took me quite a while yeah. to work that out. And so, yeah, yeah, I think there were some, there were some issues with, writing and continuity that were a bit of a problem yeah uh for this one yeah uh in terms of eye rolls one eye roll is hmm. yeah i got this whole world <laughs> <laughs> made total sense to me um and 10 eye rolls is like um this is some of the wackiest shit i've ever seen and not in a good way what would you give it yeah yeah, I mean, I think, again, like, the sort of um, baseline premise of this world is wild to me. Even Just, like, the idea of a human that's, like, connected to this, like, other uh, realm, planet, and it has something to do with his missing... Like, the whole thing is is very like eye rolly and j- just in general like Indeed. wait what um so i think i might like as crazy as it sounds because like we've watched a lot of crazy shit and this like on the surface doesn't seem like it matches up to that but i might say like a seven or eight it's like pretty wacky of a concept yeah i agree i think i'm gonna go full eight because what it doesn't yeah. do, and this is, like, if you do end up watching the movie or if we end up watching the 1980 movie, that thing leans into the nutsness of it all so much that you're like, <laughs> what is, what are my eyes even seeing? Like, I can't What What, what are the literal pictures that I'm watching? This data is too much. <laughs> like, it's too much stimuli. Um, yeah. But this was not like that. This was a much more digestible version of it but like yeah the some of the premises as I said are just like so kind of odd that you're like uh yeah like um and maybe that's because um the original source material is so old that um it maybe has kind of reached a point where like it can't be stretched any further I don't know but um, 
Yeah, I, I'll go eight. So then finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? Oof. Um, you know, no and probably no. Mm. Not gonna lie. I mean, if you're if you're someone we've as we mentioned, like there's so much source material for this um for this show or for yeah. this thing, this story. So if you're into Flash Gordon, sure, yeah, I don't care. Do what you want. But would I, would, it, would I put my stamp of Valuable approval on it? Time. No. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Like, I'll, I liked, weirdly, I liked the Weekend at Bernie's bits. <laughs> I liked that. Yes, I did too. Um, I did too. But I didn't, I didn't like this episode and I wouldn't recommend it in part because I think it was fairly easy to find in the states but for me here I had to fuss with quite a bit to actually because it's like weirdly on Apple plus somehow like um Uh, I think I watched it on Pluto TV which is okay but usually there's commercials so it's not the best yeah so like it's free and I guess if you want it to fill that hole that we have talked about quite a lot where it's like, I just want to like watch something that's going to like kind of go down easy and I'm not going to like really care. Like it's, it's good for that. But I think we've even discovered shows. That's where it ends. That are better than this at that, at delivering that content. Like this one is just A million percent. Um, So I'm not, I'm not surprised that this didn't really last beyond the one season um yeah but yeah anyway uh so guys if you like some of what we've said about this then watch some other flash gordon (laughs) material perhaps um that might be yeah exactly that might be the recommendation from the two of us here um but i am sarah and i'm here with amy and we will of course see you next week in space Flash! Whoa! That's that's from the movie. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.